afternoon. God bless everyone here today uh, who's in the digital space for Life Nation. We thank God for you. Uh, we say thank you for another beautiful August day in the ministry of Life Nation and everybody who's connected around the world who's watching us. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to start off with a brief prayer. Well, I'll just say it with a prayer. And Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the glory and the majesty of who you are. We thank you, Lord, for your mercifulness. Your mercies are renewed every day. We thank you, Lord, for just allowing us to be a part of your beloved, uh, being joint heirs with Christ. <sighs> wow. We're brothers <laughs> with Jesus and sisters with Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, for that opportunity to be royal. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the empowerment that you give us, O oh Lord, to continue to reign in the glory that you have designed for our lives individually and collectively. So, Father, today, as we go into this next uh, segment of this intense series, Father, help those who are listening to really hear what your spirit is saying. Father, let there be um, transformation in the hearts of people. Let there be resilience built up. Lord God, bring solidarity to your people so that we can stay in line with your protection and your guidance and the glory that you pour into that place of protection and guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you, Lord, for Prophet Shante and her amazing work that she's been doing, transforming people of all ages. And um, thank you, Lord, for all those who are joined together with Life Nation, those who will be on this broadcast, those who would share it. We ask that it will be shared far and wide and let people hear what your spirit is saying today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So we thank God I have a good little bit today. Uh, I got to tell you, this is another one of those series for the books. I'm t I continue to be amazed by the the very presence and the way God uses me sometimes like wow God you are using me like this again wow it is amazing and we have been talking about navigating betrayals mm -hmm. that's what we have we're in our third segment the first segment was succeed do not succumb to it last week we got really into a gold blood and power trips and we really got into the story of Gehazi with the uh, servant of Elisha. Elisha, you know, it was really powerful. Um, but just in a real, very tiny review, we just want to go over a couple of the foundational definitions of the series um, for this part three. Today, we're going to talk about decoding the imposter. <laughs> How about that? Betrayal, what does that mean? To lead astray. Number one. To deliver to an enemy by treachery, violation of allegiance, of confidence, or even treason. <clears throat> Betrayal also means to fail or desert and abandon in the time of need. How many of you have been abandoned in the very time you needed support and help? But that's betrayal, believe it or not. Okay, we got into that very much. The last one, uh, definition-wise is to reveal something unintentionally or to disclose in a violation of confidence. People who have gossips. So gossips, gossip, gossip is one of the greatest forms of betrayal. So that's it. 
navigate. I'm going to get to that definition. The process or activity of ascertaining one's position and planning and following the route. So basically, we have to understand that, like we said before in the first two segments of this series, the trail is not something that may happen. It's when it happens. We have to understand that we have to have that built-in navigation of betrayal built into the part of our leadership so that we don't get blindsided by the tactics of the enemy. The Bible says, watch and to pray always. And watching, watching, you have to watch, you have to discern. You have to ensure that your spirit is in tune with God so you know and can navigate. You cannot navigate without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us, as we know this, to all truth. People think leading God to truth is like the, the, the rose beds and, and you know the beautiful sunsets and everything. But truth also is about how someone is planning to wreck your life. When the Holy Spirit shows you this truth, that's him giving you navigation so you can manage how to not be taken by the betrayals that come in this world. Okay? So, as we get into today, I'm, I'm oh, we're going to get into good history today a little bit. And I want to give some foundational scriptures that really have a very popular scriptures. But I just want to really... Dig into them again today. So the very first one on decoding the imposter. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. The, the books of Timothy happen to be one of the first books that I learned my memory verse from. <laughs> and so I've been with Timothy for a while. But in this second, the first book of Timothy is about how to stand strong, really. The second book of Timothy is how to beware of what's going on in the world. So we thank God for those who are coming in. Bless God for all of you all. And continue to share this broadcast far and wide. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9 in the Amplified says, Understand this, that the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, narcissistic, self-focused. Now, we're not talking about self-care. We're talking about narcissism here. That's what the scripture is saying. The Bible says, lovers of money. Amplified says, impelled by greed. Boastful. Arrogant. Revilers. Disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane. And they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection. People are not going to care about nobody. Calloused and inhumane. Unreconcilable. Malicious gossips. Devoid of self-control. Intemperate, immoral, brutal, haters of good. Verse 4, traitors, reckless, 
conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Hope, and here it is, verse 5. Let's, this is the kicker. Holding a form of outward godliness, religion, although they have denied its power for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Look at that. Their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep far away from them. For among them are those who worm their way into homes and captivate the morally weak. <sighs> and those who are swayed by various impulses. So, verse 7. Always leaning and listening to anybody who will teach them, but never able to come into a knowledge of truth. They call it itching ears. Verse 8. Just as Jans and Jambres the court magicians of Egypt opposed Moses. So these men also opposed the truth. Men of depraved mind, unqualified, and worthless as teachers in regards to the faith. How about that? They will not get very far, for their meaningless nonsense and ignorance will become obvious to everyone as it was with Jans and Jambres, the magicians. Prophet Shante. There is a lot here to unpack. Oh, that's some good juicy stuff. I want to go back to the statement about, number one, perilous times, lovers of pleasure rather than God. To be clear, that's not saying that you can't enjoy life. Right. <laughs> it's talking about the fact that you love pleasure over in and above anything that God is telling you to do. Uh -huh. And some of that it is not going to feel good. So if you're rejecting things that God is telling you because it doesn't feel good, you need to check it. The second thing you said, their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep far from them. It doesn't say hate them. It doesn't say murder them. It doesn't any of that, it says avoid such people. In other words, reroute your life. <laughs> reroute your life around people whose conduct nullifies what their mouth is saying. Right. Then the, the, the last thing there, among them, he said, for among them are what? Go back to what you what you read there. Reverse, oh, they worm their way into houses mm -hmm. and to homes to get, to captivate the morally weak. Stop there. Among them are what we would call today infiltrators. Mm -hmm. See, there are people whose conduct, they, they're not walking the walk and talking the talk, but among them are infiltrators who are intentionally seeking to captivate the morally weak, meaning... They know that you just need a little nudge off the cliff. 
They know you're already on the borderline of not following what God says. So they're looking to captivate those who are already morally weak. There are some people you're not going to be able to captivate them because their moral standard is there. But that's not who they target. They target the morally weak. And generally what happens, see, see, basically, if you look at this passage in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 9, that is the bucket list of, of betrayal. When you look at all those different components in there, um, you will see the DNA of people who are most apt to betray your life and to betray the faith and to betray the kingdom of God. Okay? So we have to understand is that like Prophet Shante was saying, infiltrators, infiltrators, how can I say this best? From a psychology standpoint, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just speaking from example and experience. Those people who have areas of their life where they feel wounded, areas of life where there has been trauma, areas of life where there's been abandonment, those become open doors for the greatest of infiltrations. I just wrote that. Which is why it's important to get healing and to close those doors. So part of moral weakness becomes is is basically unhealed people. I've had some situations in my life that I felt unhealed for for many years that led me into depression. You know, that led me into a place of, you know, doing things that I was infiltrated by others to do because they said you deserve to have this. And they knew that that was destructive to my life, but they were still offering it up to me in an offer of bond, in an offer of friendship, in an offer of companionship. And my acceptance of those things became a betrayal to my own growth and development, my faith, and my future. So we have to understand, oh, this is good. <laughs> uh, we're going to be here for a minute. That those people who are traitors, they are not loving, but they appear like they want to love you. They're inhumane, but they want to act like your best companion. They act like they want to hold your secrets, but they are the most malicious gossips. Mm -hmm. they, and it says, of suck, they do not know how to control the intimacies of your life. That's a betrayer. You got to understand, Paul wrote this message to Timothy from prison. Now, without going into a whole detailed history about how Paul and his exploits, we know that Paul had to suffer persecution. Christ said he's going to suffer a lot of things. But a lot of things that he suffered became from betrayal from people who ratted out his position or didn't support him in doing the cause of Christ. So when he wrote these things, he wrote these things from very intimate experiences of his life, as well as being led by the Spirit of God. He wrote this in prison in 66 to 67 AD, all right? So he's around 60 years old. So he's been through some things in life. At this point, he's already into the ministry for like 27 years. So he's been through... Quite a bit. So he's he not just saying stuff 
off the top of his head as a philosopher. He was talking about how to pass the torch of awareness to the next generations of young leaders. Timothy was one of the new leaders in the ministry. Okay, so what happens when you have newness in leadership or young people coming in to do great things and great exploits, Paul, by example, one of his greatest lessons to share is how not to be betrayed. What are the things that cause people to throw you off course, to lead you astray? That's what betrayal is, to lead you astray. We have to understand this, all right? So in essence, the three principal things that Paul wanted to get across to leaders, especially new leaders, be strong in Christ, number one, be unmovable, you know, always abounding in Christ. To be strong means you have to have a strong prayer life. You got to be, you know, have a good foundation in Christ and doing things. All right. Understand truth from lies. All right. That's strength. Number two, the Paul big message to the leaders is get faithful leaders. We talked about that last week. We talked about that last week. You don't want leaders like Gehazi who will go out and go behind your back and do things contrary to what you have given directives for. Okay, you want people who will be able to follow you. We're watching a historical drama, and this historical drama is really emphasizing the success of this individual who is who is you know pr protecting his tribe and his his family. One of the things that's most powerful about this is the faithful brothers around who were not blood brothers, but they they were faithful to the mission that he was having and how they were able to succeed in many missions. All right. The third biggest thing uh, that Paul wanted to understand, to give the next generation of leaders to understand, beware, be, excuse me, be aware of spiritual crooks, as I would say. Be aware of spiritual crooks. Because all of these things in, in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9, almost every last one of these things, they come from people who, claim great hold to spirituality in Christ. It's easy to see the devil with the red devil with horns <laughs> and a tail lashing out his backside and just having ooze coming out of his mouth. That's ugly and nasty and ugly and, and just goofy. You can see that from a mile away. But as people who will cloak themselves in the form of godliness, people will cloak themselves in religious spirituality. These is who you have to watch. Okay. Paul, you know, Paul himself had to fight hordes of falsehoods. They sprang up, these falsehoods that Paul had to encounter, they sprang up like fountains after Christ's ascension. Think about it. Christ transformed the world with his life, his miracles, his death, and his resurrection. He came into the epicenter of religious hypocrisy in the world. North Africa and Southern Europe. The Greco-Roman environment. The Judaic environment. Because Christ came and shook the entire 
systems of religion which were closely intertwined with power structures of his day and even today. Mm-hmm. So Paul had to under, saw firsthand how people would try to manipulate the name of Christ to get acceptance into something so they could bring their darkness into areas that Christ conquered. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Paul was born in Turkey, in what's called modern-day Turkey. He had a deeply enriched academic life, so he knew how to study. Not just study in books, but study people, all right? His life following Christ encountered the highest levels of persecution. So we have to understand, people who have been persecuted, people who have written some of the greatest writings on the planet have to encounter great persecution. Look at Martin Luther King and his writings. The thing, the him believing in Christ and, and transforming uh, the world from racism and white supremacy and all other stuff like that. Um, and and <laughs> They encounter things. So when you listen to them, they have layers upon layers of education and experience so that we don't have to walk in the same surprises that they had. Paul was born and alive during the time of Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great firmly believed in conquering the world, and Alexander the Great, his religion was Zeus. Greeks of Greek mythology. The pagan religion of Greco-Roman culture is Greek mythology. That culture dominated the Western world and Northern Africa through, this is how they dominated, through narcissistic bloodshed. All those things that Paul wrote about in Timothy, arrogant, revilers, disobedient, impelled by greed, inhumane, devoid of human affection, reckless, conceited, lovers of Pleasures, making pleasure the God in itself. You know, <clears throat> these are the things that embodied the leaders of Greco-Roman culture. And their hero was Alexander the Great. You even say that name today, people start bowing at it. All right. The world domination archetype was a life, was a lifeblood of the Western world. Let me say that. The world domination archetype, that example of life was the very thing that prompted Greco-Roman culture in the time of Paul and the time of Christ. Many of the Christian offshoots using Christ's name in vain actually used Zeus and Alexander the Great as their leadership styles. (sighs) I'm going to go to a couple other good scriptures here I want to get into. Turn to Philippians 3. Now we're going to get into it. Oh, hold on a minute. We're going to get into this juicy stuff here. Uh, uh, uh. Philippians 3, 18 through 19, it says, For there are many whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, which means that he actually believed in those folks. 
even with tears, who live as enemies of the cross of Christ, rejecting and opposing his way of salvation. Verse 19, whose fate is destruction, whose God is their belly. Amplify says their worldly appetite, their sensuality, and their vanity. The definition of Alexander the Great and the Western world archetype. Their glories and their shame, whose focus their mind is on earth, earthly and temporal things. All they're concerned about is how big and how we could be the most powerful in the world and how much property and how much people could be subject to us. That was the mindset that Philippians 3, 18 through 19 is talking about. I'm going to turn to another scripture and I'm going to get into um, the goodies of what I have after this. 2 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 10. Some foundational scriptures here. My God, look at this. <sighs> Verse 7. For many deceivers, heretics posing as Christians, have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge and confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, bodily form, this person, the kind who does this, is the deceiver and the Antichrist, that is, the antagonist of Christ. Watch yourselves so you do not lose what we have accomplished together, but that you may receive a full and perfect reward when Christ grants rewards faithful believers. Anyone who runs ahead and does not remain in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but the one who continues to remain in the teachings of Christ does have God. He has both the Father and the Son. For anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching but diminishes it or adds to the doctrine of Christ, do not receive or welcome him into your house. Do not even give him a greeting or any encouragement. For the one who gives him a greeting, who encourages him or wishes him success, participates in his evil deeds. We have to understand these things. Many people have taken on ideologies that have Christ in name, but don't have the doctrine in spirit. Many European based organizations and institutions have taken on the name of Christ but are totally opposed to Christ. Totally opposed to Christ's teachings. Totally opposed to the who Christ is truly himself. Making Christ out of something mythological. Using images of mythology and superimposing that on Christ. These are doctrines of devils that have permeated the Western world. Look at this. The Bible says, in many occasions, these people who do such things don't even give them embracing. 
even if they have Christian upon their name, upon their identity. They can be a Christian identity, uh, identify as Christian and be totally opposed to Christ. And the way you navigate this is to check the child of spirit to see whether it is of God. Check the fruit. <laughs> check their fruit. Like that scripture said in the beginning earlier, there are some folks whose life is contrary to the claim that they make. You can't sit there and say you're a Christian and then want to stand in front of a church building shooting people with bullets, with rubber bullets, to get them out the way to show them how you're great. Contrary to Christ. Anyway, look at this. What I want to say is that with these institutions and these organizations that Paul warns us about, if you look at it, many of them have secret or oath-based requirements for your entrance. And they become owners of your life. And you wind up becoming a slave to those institutions and organizations. Acceptance into the kingdom of God is free because Jesus paid the price for our salvation. So the fact that acceptance into the kingdom of God through Christ is a free and open deal when people approach you and want to make something secret or make you make pledges and oaths that's not to Christ, that's something else besides Christ, know that they are there betraying the kingdom of God. Because betrayal means to lead astray. Prophet. In other words, there's no secret handshakes. Everything is out in the open. There is no access to Christ and then a 1999 times 12 hidden fee to access Christ or his spirit. So we have to be aware of Jesus plus and we also have to be aware of Jesus light <laughs> taking on his name but not his character. Uh -huh. And we also have to be aware of Jesus absent or Jesus minus Jesus. So it's not just, um, you know, somebody saying, I love Jesus. Okay, what do you believe about him? Have you made him Lord and Savior? Do you know what his character is? Are you walking in the character that Jesus clearly displayed for us? And the only way we can know that is if we are paying attention and studying out what Jesus actually did in his earthly body. That is our example. The scriptures also say that they have been given to us. The scriptures have been given to us as an example. So if we're laying aside the example, 
and we never get into the scriptures to study for ourselves to know what the examples are of what to do and what not to do, then how can we say that we are followers of him? Right. So like I said, what happens is a prophet really, really knows how to expound in her teaching gifting that she has. So great. So amazing. Natural and spiritual. Look at this. These secret organizations, secret societies, oath-based organizations, they want to make you a slave. They want you to, to use Christ as a cover, but to denounce the really life and the, and, the, and the truth about Christ. These orders use Christ as cover, but betray the kingdom of God. Because know how they betray the kingdom of God? They assume lordship over your life. Instead of letting Christ be the Lord of your life. You have to follow their dictates. Not the dictates and the things that the spirit of Christ gives to us. That is one of the key elements of betrayal. Because what happens is in betrayal, the reason why people get into these organizations and these uh, orders and these different things and these societies is because there is so much promise to them. And many people, if they get promised a family, if they get promised wealth, if they get promised opportunity, things that the human spirit desires, those who may not be morally astute, when I say morally astute, I don't mean that people are, are not brilliant or not smart or anything, but people who have a longing to be a part of something. That's why children go into gangs. Mm -hmm. Longing for community, longing for family. May not have a, may not have a father in life, and some some gangbanger, you know, was you know who's been around for a while, recruits them in and gives them some money or or gives an opportunity. But then they have to pledge their allegiance to that individual or the organization, and don't have the freedom to follow Christ. That's one simple example, prophet. And so, very good example. And so the bait is opportunity. That's the bait. But the trap is oppression. I can, I can lead you in through opportunity. I'll give, you, I'll give you a home. I'll give you a car, you know, in terms of that, the gang life. I'll, I'll, I'll provide for you. You'll have shelter. You'll have security at your back on call if somebody comes up against you um you might even be more attractive to some to some women that all of that is i'm leading you into opportunity but the trap is oppression you don't get out except for death you don't retire from this and we see it in so many other organizations and examples and i tell you the thing that's so important about this is not just modern day gang culture this goes back to the times right after christ during the times of rome where this whole issue of knights they were the same thing they took people in and you had to make orders and you would be royal you would be a knight you would be this and and you're going to defend this but you have to follow our ways and pledge allegiance to us rather than following because you have to do exactly what we tell you to do. 
look at this. We here, Prophet Ashanti and I, we walk in the office of the apostle, prophet, and teaching. These are key areas of our lives. We are here to guard the kingdom of God. We defend the faith. We protect the ecclesia from false doctrine, from falsehood, opportunists, and the destructive works of darkness. So that's why we share what we share. We're not here to give you emotional, the emotional feels. I'm not a great singer. I can play one trumpet, but I'm not singing. I can't. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to help you not have your spirit shackled by betrayals and things that the world wants to offer you. All right? We have to understand who are we really serving? What culture? I did a teaching in 2016 about who you're serving. Mm -hmm. You know, a nation's or an organization's culture is formed by what it worships. When you have worshipful masters or grand masters as a part of an organization or a grand whatever, <laughs> an, an institution or a nation's culture is formed by what it worships. When you have worshipful masters, when you have, you know, People who claim as lords over your life. We're not talking about business and organization where you have the freedom to be employed or resign if you want to. You know, that's different. We're talking about people who want absolute control over every part of your life. They give you opportunity, give you some pleasures, access to pleasures, but they want your soul. That's betrayal because they will lead your soul away from Christ using the name of Christ to lure you in, okay? Idols, a person or thing greatly admired, loved, or revered. Betrayers of God and betrayers of your soul would want to draw you in so you can worship what they are worshiping, so you can revere what they are revering. Idols are also known as deities. They are social constructs. They parade salvation and a better life. People who invest or invent these con constructs, they cement idolatry in your life. And idolatry is leading you astray. That's betrayal. All right? They get you to go into rituals. They get you to get into different performances and demonstrations of processes or sacred processes that have absolutely nothing to do with Christ. There's so much more I can share on that, okay? But what happens is one thing I want to share in this teaching today, just touch on a little bit, is that the reason why we share this stuff, we have to understand Paul said the last days perilous time will come. He wrote this in 66 AD. So we're not talking about last days. When you talk about last days, <laughs> it's not just equated to some time in the future for us. Some of the last days have already occurred and are still occurring based on his teaching. Like, for instance, he wrote about these, these uh, people and the way these organizations would come in. And one of the biggest things that came out of it that people did not take heed to Paul's warning was the Christian Crusades. Years later, people used the identity of Christian to make Crusades, and, they were, and Crusades was considered by many in European culture as a romantic aspect of defending the faith. 
people want to romanticize people who use the name of Christ to do unchristlike things. The Crusades were a sickening nightmare of slaughter, sexual violence, looting, and chaos. And they were mixed with belief and magic. Remember we talked about John Danvers and, and, and all those folks that those magicians with Moses? Well, that's what Crusaders were doing. People want to say that they were fighting for Christ, defending people's pilgrimages to the Holy Lands. And guess who launched the first crusade? Pope Urban II. His claim was to have these crusades of violence to control the Holy Lands, things that are temporal. And their whole charge was God wills it. God does not will for you to go out and go slaughtering people. Around Europe, masses of zealots swarmed into mob-type armies led by charismatic leaders. You see that? Charismatic leaders. Leaders who fit all the description of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Unholy, profane. When you look at mobs, masses of zealots swarmed into mob-like armies. If I want to paint a picture for you, look at January 6, 2021. You had zealots who swarmed in mob-type armies led by charismatic leaders who claimed Christ. They betrayed the name of God they betrayed their country and they betrayed their own soul and their brothers and sisters and they even betrayed democracy. If I have to make a recommendation to you, I would recommend all those folks who want to claim that the Crusades was something valuable and something that was needed, read this book. It's called Holy Horrors by James A. Haught, H-A-U-G-H-T. It's called Holy Horrors by James A. Haught, H-A-U-G-H-T. All right? I believe he wrote this book in 2002, so it's been around for a bit. Crusades were led by those who were considered knights. Christian knights. Knights, you know who they were? Some of the earliest knights that created the Christian knights whole concept was the French knight, Hughes de Payens. He wanted an H-U-G-U-E-S D-P-A-Y-E-N-S. He was a Frenchman who founded a military order with his relatives. And you know what they called him initially? Poor knights of the Temple of King Solomon. Mm -hmm. Look at that. A form of godliness, but denying the power of God. They are also called Knights Templar. Mm -hmm. 
order of quote-unquote devout Christians founded in Jerusalem to protect Europeans traveling to the Holy Land. That was their claim. But in reality, they were zealots. When you look at today, when you look at these um, domestic terrorism, the concept of domestic terrorism, and you look at the Department of, you know, of Justice, the DOJ in America, for one, and you look at who is some of the most notorious criminals of today, they are domestic terrorists, and they take on the exact same archetype as these knights back in the day. Perilous times. They look that they have to guard European culture using violence and militia-style ways, but they're zealous, they're mob-like leaders, and they do things that oppose law and decency. This has nothing to do with Christ. The boastful, arrogant revilers. These are betrayers, and they try to hook these young people in. They try to hook older people in, and they try to let people know that under Christ, we have to do this. We got to protect our society using bombs and using knives and, and using all types of, of weaponry, which we talked about in previous series. Why do you need something that shoots 60 rounds in a second in order to protect the name of Christ? That has absolutely nothing to do with Christ. Look at this. These knights, they were known across Europe as an elite fighting force. Christ says... With love and kindness will you draw people, not with elite fighting forces. <laughs> Look at this. Knights, they were the economic power of Europe. They were extremely wealthy. They were well-connected people. They swore oaths. And then they got a papal bull to support their lifestyle, which means they got a religious leader to write a letter from Pope Innocent II's papal bull calling it every good gift. So they went around sexual violence, pillaging, destruction, not just other faiths, but people in the Christian faith just to show that their power, that they have power and they have control. They're very wealthy. They have building projects all across Europe and the Holy Land. They were even considered as the first form of banks. They were considered the world's first bankers because of this. So look at this. You have people who use the name of Christ for violence, and they have financial networks controlling wealth all around. Form of godliness, denying the power thereof, and using all these resources among themselves for destruction. 
And then when the caller names Christ like prophet. With the endorsement of at the time the largest organized religious faith. They were seen as invincible. But they were I mean, look at it. With the Crusaders, example of Crusaders that, you know, convert or die. Convert to Christ or die with by bloodshed, by force. Not by love and kindness. Not by not by witnessing. Not by miracles. Not by, you know, signs, wonders, and miracles that Christ gives to us. They use bloodshed to force people out of fear to listen and to obey what they had to say. That is not the doctrine of Christ. So when you wonder where these other faiths come from with this whole mindset, with this crusader-like mindset, their game plan was given to them by people who were called Christian with this violence and this nightmare stuff. So we have to understand here today. Guard your heart. Understand that people will come to betray you. They look like the best thing that came to your life. They impose what you are longing for to lure you away from Christ, which is betrayal. And then once you are lured away and you get involved in these pernicious ways, these evil ways, and you decide you want to come out, you will be abandoned or blackballed or whatsoever, all these different things they call it. So you have to understand this. And I close with this and turn to Prophet Shante. With Christ, there's freedom. With Christ, there is love. With Christ, there is righteousness. Greed, bloodshed, betrayal, allegiance, secret orders is not of Christ. So when you evaluate your life, if you want to move forward and advance in life, understand that the Bible talked about it. We said it several times in the different scriptures. Do not receive or welcome such type things. So if you have someone who's committed to domestic terrorism and wants and have all this violence in their spirit and they and have all this weaponry and saying they're trying to do this for Christ, do not allow them in your house or your spirit. Do not even greet them. Do not encourage them. Do not even go to their conventions. Do not go to those things. Verse, you know, that was that Second um, John, verse 1, I mean, chapter 1, verse 10. If anyone comes to you, does not bring the teaching, but diminishes or adds to the doctrine of Christ, do not receive or welcome them into your house. Do not give them greeting or any encouragement. So I do not encourage anything that promotes supremacy. I do not encourage anything that, that in, in, inquires or demand secret oaths. Understand. Realize this. Understand that Christ wants you free. 
He wants you prospering and he wants you to prosper without the chains of betrayal, leading, being led astray from Christ. So in that, I'm going to turn to Prophet Shante and she can close out with some prayer. And we can just go on in our day in the Lord. Bless God for you. Come on, Prophet. Amen. Good afternoon. We are going to jump right into the prayer, praying into some things today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your loving kindness and your truth that you continue to release to us. Father, we don't take it for granted that we know you. We don't take it for granted that you have afforded us grace today. Father, we pray even now, God, that you would continue to open the heart and open the mind and open the spiritual ears and eyes of your people. Father God, we pray for those who may be dealing with wounds, who may be dealing with spiritual trauma. Father, we pray that you would heal them on today. For we know that these are places that become doors to disillusionment, that they become doors for betrayal. So first of all, Father, we ask for healing. Yes, God. Healing in the hearts and minds of your people, O oh God. Heal as only you can, Father. Those, God, that you've been leading to receive healing, that you've been leading them, Father, to seek treatment, whether that be therapy, whether that be uh, pastoral counseling, that they would seek out that healing for themselves, Lord. Father, we know that the enemy can come wrapped in a gift wrap of opportunity that can ultimately lead people into places of, of oppression. So, Father, help us to be discerning in this hour that we are hearing clearly from you and that, Father, we know what your heart and your character is because we have been learning of you. Jesus said to take his yoke and take his burdens, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and to learn of him. So as we learn of Christ, we get a good picture of what freedom looks like. We get a good picture, Father, of what love looks like. We get a good picture of what mercy and grace and righteousness looks like. And as we study that which is real, that which is true, that which is authentic, we are less likely to fall into the opportunities that are presented to us by imposters of the faith, leading to betrayal of our, not only ourselves, but also betrayals of the gospel. Father, even as you know the, the apostle said today in the scriptures, do not encourage such people. Don't attach yourself to such things. And even as you were showing me, uh, Lord, today, what are some ways that in 2022 that we invite things into our lives how does that translate to today? Well, we do it through social media. We do it through live stream. That's an invitation into our life. 
We do it through the groups that we join, the organizations that we join. That's an invitation into our life. As Pastor said, we do it through conventions that we attend. That's an invitation into our life. So Father, let us even look at the ways that we are inviting things in and giving things access to us that don't need access to us. Father God, let us watch out for the doctrines that say Jesus plus something else. Let's watch out for the doctrines that say a little bit less Jesus <laughs> because they don't want you to take Jesus seriously. Let us watch out for the doctrines that say no Jesus at all. Let us watch out and be aware of people and things that want us to take an oath when we are called to be free in Christ. Christ is not bringing us under oath. He is giving us an invitation to freely worship and to serve him. Mm -hmm. So let us watch out, Father. Let us be aware of the things that would try to pressure us into relationship with it. Christ does not pressure us into relationship. Father, we thank you for your discernment in our life. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. And Father, we pray, God, that you would continue to give us your discernment yes. to let us know what is true from what is false. In your son Jesus' name we pray, believe, and receive. Amen. We praise God for you all. We thank God for your tuning in today. We encourage you to share this message. Um, we know that there are people that need, need this message because betrayal is a human issue. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing this. And uh, next Sunday, we will not be on live. We will pick up the first Sunday in September. Until then, may the blessings and the peace of God be with you and your family. In Jesus' name, God bless.